there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going great. I'm so excited for this episode. It's been, you know, close to nine months since mm-hmm. we've done these kind of weekend releases. Um, I think this is going to be a really solid episode. I hope you all enjoy it. Today, we're going to be talking in depth about the light and heavy loot pool and diving deep into the new 3030 repeater gun. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, The Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream, 4 to 6 p.m. PST. If you want two extra podcasts a month and tons of other exclusive benefits, join our Patreon by clicking the link in the description below. Now, for a five-star review. For you today is coming from Will, a recent patron. This podcast rocks. I recently subscribed to their Patreon because I wanted to support them. I wanted to know how I can submit lore ideas for characters to the show. I don't have Discord and I wanted to share it and get feedback. Keep up the awesome work and never stop streaming. Great question, Will. Uh, And thank you for the review. Our email is in the description. You can send it to us there if you don't have access to Discord. Um, I would say, you know, Instagram or Twitter as well. If you're going to do one of those, more likely to see it uh, on Twitter because we got a lot less followers for remembering that it's in there at least. So let's now talk about the heavy and light weapon and loot pool and the state of where we're at because it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. Um, Before season eight, uh, we were at four heavy weapons, uh, kind of under what you might expect. Um, now we have five with the introduction of the thirty thirty, And to put that in perspective, you know, the next most similar weapon class is the light. Mm-hmm. And light guns have six in them. So it was six to four. And that was ground. a weird gap. Like we were concerned about that going into the season with the change in the prowler. We certainly were. Mm -hmm. And when things were, you know, when the Prowler was on the ground, the Devotion was in the care package, Mm -hmm. things were a lot more balanced, you Mm -hmm. know, that five, six. But dropping down to four, um, we really had some red flags back in season six, Mm -hmm. just thinking about, okay, how is this going to shake down? Are we going to feel like we're not getting the heavy mags that we need uh, if we like Hemlock, Flower, and things Mm -hmm. like that? So we were concerned. Um, But now... The loot pool is much closer to being balanced. Um, maybe if that prowler does come back, uh, things will be in perfect balance. As all things should be. Exactly. Thanos, yep. Um, but we're not quite there yet. Now, what Can I throw in a question real quick at you sure. before we dive into it? I don't want to leave it in the uh, dirt, but do you think the prowler like makes sense to come return back to the ground? Do you think six and six, like, is that reasonable or do you think there's a reason that it's skewed towards light right now? Well, here's what I'll say. I think the Prowler should certainly come back, mm-hmm. not just because of our own biases uh, that the Prowler is life, but I also think that it would be really helpful to the SMG meta mm-hmm. to have a really solid light option, a really solid energy option, and a really solid heavy option. I yep. think that would just like be an opera, just beautiful it'd be amazing but i will say that the light weapons having a little bit of an edge isn't really reflective of like power differences no because the light guns are kind of pulled down by the re45 and maybe Mm -hmm. the p2020 Mm -hmm. so you kind of have that difference when 
all the heavy guns are solid. Yeah. Like those are all top. Your pistol's weapons. the wingman. It's a little, it's yeah. a beloved gun. That's a good point. I just wanted to talk about it for a second. I think it's a good point. And being in perfect balance is something that we should always be striving for. For sure. But why does it matter if the, the weapons aren't perfectly balanced in terms of class? Um, you know, in theory, season seven, we can say that there was 50% more light weapons than heavy weapons. And that means that really the extended mags are also going to spawn 50% less for heavy than for light. And that's tough because we preach that you need to dictate what guns you use based on the mags that you find. It, it's pretty tough in a battle royale where you don't get to determine that loadout up front. You don't have the ability to call in, you know, your special gear. Mm-hmm. You really have to gather. You have to loot. Um, but this season, by increasing the number of heavy uh, weapons, that does also subsequently increase the likelihood of finding extended mags for the hemlock and the flatline, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So just by doing this shift and the number of weapons, it actually is making it easier to kit out those spitfires mm-hmm. and wingman. Like it does actually impact things. Now, here's the question on if we're getting those things, where is it coming from? When you add a weapon to the loot pool, you also must remove weapons from somewhere. And we're going to go into kind of what that exactly means. Mm-hmm. But so now that we have the 3030 put into the game, will less G7 spawn? I would say that's kind of likely. Mm-hmm. Or will less flatlines and hemlocks and spitfires spawn less? Or maybe some from both? It's or gonna something be, else. It's going to be really interesting to see how it feels like it's balanced because this is we don't have any access to any numbers surrounding this as much as we would love to but it's going to be interesting does it feel like you're finding 3030s and g7s a lot more and in turn that creates the long-range meta we've kind of spoken of in the last episode that this season might point towards and so the design of this season and because of this gun introduction is going to have a real ripple effect on everything else. And that's kind of why we are excited to talk about this. It's certainly an interesting like design discussion because we know based on the Apex Legends wiki mm-hmm. that different tiered POIs spawn a different rate of different weapons and other loot. Mm-hmm. This is not accurate. So we don't talk about it a lot. Yeah. Like there's weapons missing from it. The prowler is still in there. So mm-hmm. it's not like to a T, but we do know that this is a thing in the game engine. So for example, pulling from that, uh, the R301 has a 3% chance of spawning in one of the loot spawn locations at a low tier POI, but a 5% chance of spawning at a high tier POI. Mm-hmm. So why are we talking about this? The numbers that you're adjusting to allow for the 3030 to spawn in the game, one or more numbers for different weapons must be decreased. And so what which will it be? And will we feel it like you're saying, are we gonna see less R301s, less G7s, less Spitfires? Some dials have to be turned a lot. Like if you just mm-hmm. balance, if you take away as much as you're giving to the 3030 from the G7. That's one way to do it. Or you just dial back all the heavy weapons Mm -hmm. one tick, then you allow for that 30-30, or you pull it from the light. We don't really know yet. We may never know, but this is something that we might feel 
subconsciously. And we love this conversation and are fascinated by it simply based off the fact that there's been some controversial information put out there from the devs around the loot pool and where we're at. Like pre-Volt, we thought we were done with guns for a while. It just doesn't seem like uh, there's room for all this stuff. And so I'm even interested in what the future looks like. If they want to continue to add weapons, are we going to get stuff vaulted? Because it seems like getting a gun vaulted is a lot more reasonable than vaulting a legend. Are we going to get guns specific to just certain maps and stuff? I think there's a lot of change that could potentially happen in the loot pool. And this is kind of just a smaller version of this that we can try and break down for you guys. Yeah. And, you know, maybe for recent players or uh, maybe people that don't even know about this, there are a limited number of just loot locations mm-hmm. like loot spawns in the same place every game you mm-hmm. have the supply bins that's kind of obvious but you have your your slots in there and then you have the ground loot that is also fixed like mm-hmm. those are places and the percent likelihood of having a skull piercer versus a shield battery is being calculated mm-hmm. in the random map generation so that's going to be consistent that's kind of why you know veteran players know where to loot and what's mm-hmm. going to be there um, because based on that, but it's a very interesting thing to talk about when a new weapon comes in, because you're going to see a trip, a trickle effect going through weapons, going through ammo, going through the attachments where the whole game could start to kind of feel a little bit different based on just a one weapon ad. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the one weapon, the 3030 repeater, where do we think this gun stands amongst its what a lot of people are looking at the rival is the G7. We'll give you our thoughts and such. But is this going to crack into the meta? What have been, maybe before we dive into the numbers, impressions of the weapon thus far after a week? It's a huge question. Mm-hmm. Like, this is massive. I, we were so fascinated by the 3030 coming in. So many questions around it. I think so many players are still going to have questions, even mm-hmm. now that the season is out. Um does it compare? Does it stack up? Is this a weapon you should be using over others? Um, my initial impressions are it's hard to use. Um, and I think that's going to be supported by kind of the research that we're about to present. Um, but I do think as a bit of a spoiler that it does fit in the game Mm -hmm. just in a very narrow place, which is an interesting design. I will say, you know, from, uh, the non-data side of it, it is a very, uh, fun weapon but also frustrating to use. Like these single fire powerful DMR style guns can always be entertaining in games. And in a BR, it's going to run you hot and cold. But my favorite thing about this weapon is easily the sound. They nailed it from the sound studio. The gun sounds threatening as heck at all times. Uh, and, and that's really cool because I enjoy the little things at this point in Apex because we dive so deep into it. And so to see that kind of work put into a new gun is something that is really special. Yeah, it's so cool to see the introduction of it because, you know, as it's now my full-time job to play Fuse, he has a unique animation of picking up Mm -hmm. uh, the 3030, which is so cool. And just to know the story behind it is, you know, the 3030 has come from Salvo. He kind of brought that into the game with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he kind of has that relationship with it. I think that's great. Okay. Break it down now. Now, to establish a baseline or to compare the 3030, I think everybody wants us to look at the G7. We also will be... Glad to talk about the G7 as always, 
just a recap. Best um, gun because, in the game. Yeah, everybody always needs a recap on the G7. You're looking at a mag size starting at 10 that goes all the way up to 20 with a purple extended. So good. Damage output's coming in at 34 to the body and 60 to the head to mm-hmm. a normal legend. Reload time is 2.4 seconds on the tactical and 3 seconds flat with the full reload. Draw time is at 0.6 seconds in order to actually aim down sights. And now we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Those are the basic statistics that you guys can look up and find somewhere. Now when the, the start, stop, stop, watch stuff comes into play and what really comes into diving into the data and being able to hopefully take away something valuable for you guys. Yeah, because, you know, that those reload times, those are good. Mm-hmm. You know, weapons aren't necessarily defined by their reload, not necessarily defined by the actual damage per bullet. 30 for 30 might be defined by his reload. Maybe. It's <laughs> quite unique mm-hmm. um, in how it works. But looking at the G7 for our baseline, the rounds per minute is coming in at 240. And what that breaks down on a second, uh, baseline is four rounds per second pretty fast Mm -hmm. to be honest with you rapid fire you convert that into a damage per second you're looking at 136 damage per second and that translates to a time to kill against somebody with purple armor 1.47 seconds now that's all really good that's Mm -hmm. our baseline you don't have to react to that but just kind of keep that in mind then the third party stat that we all know and love Accuracy with a purple mag to knock an enemy with purple armor only hitting body shots. In order to do that with the G7, you have to hit 6 out of 20 shots or be 30% accurate. Very forgiving gun, very easy to use gun, despite the fact that it is Mm semi-automatic. Now, we have brushed over this in the past. I don't want to do it again. The G7 does have the ability to have a barrel stabilizer which is a very strong note and plus to the G7. What a purple barrel does is give you 20% less recoil and 30% less randomness with that recoil. This gun on paper is a beast. This gun in reality is a beast. If you listen to this podcast and haven't given it a shot, uh, you're missing out at this point, guys. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, but People shred, and you'll get shredded by this gun, especially when you get into higher levels. And there's not a gun that is uh, more built for getting you your 2K and 3K damage games that I know a lot of y'all are out there searching for. Yeah, if you're looking for like an easy way to, a nice little tip mm-hmm. to get that damage, G7's your answer, Yeah, no doubt. We'll say, though, that team compositions can vary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are incredibly big fans of the G7. But you don't have to have every single person on your team using a G7. 100%. You should have most of them. But I think <laughs> 66%, it's, complete, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's completely acceptable for one player to be going full auto and a shotgun or a wingman. Mm-hmm. Like, that's totally acceptable. It's fine. But, but you won't be you hurt be, if you yeah, all used it. It's like. not going to mean you're not going to win every game <laughs> if you do use the G7. But that's just a little nudge. But also understand that. There's different legends, you know, Octane's playstyle doesn't necessarily fall in line with the G7. For sure. You kind of like having that ability to have two close quarters weapons, but the G7 does really not disappoint up close either. 
and that honestly that echoes the 3030 repeater though mm-hmm. that's what we'll talk about now but keep in mind those are very similar in that yeah you're running octane 30 30 repeater might not fit your play style you know it's not going to be the up close killer need be for a lot of reasons and a lot of them are very similar to that g7 but break this gun down for me and all these new people listening yeah let's let's bite into the 30 30 and just try to keep in mind those g7 stats we'll echo back to them but Things get kind of muddy as mm-hmm, we start getting mm-hmm. number heavy. But the magazine size is 6 without a mag, up to 8, 10, and 12 at a maximum at the purple mag. Give me a reminder on the G7 because I think this is one of the biggest differences easily between the guns. So G7 starts at 10, which is what the 3030 has with a blue mag. Mm-hmm. And the G7 ends at 20 when the 3030 ends at 12. <sighs> So it's a big difference. you're looking at almost a double the ammo capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the first mark to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I have less bullets to deal with. That's part of the answer to maybe why this gun might be more difficult, but it's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. Now go into the damage profile. And we also, this is hard uh, with 3030 to be honest, because it has that charge while ADSing. Mm-hmm. You can't actually just pick it up and fire it without actually starting that ADS and having it into it. So it's a little murky onto how we actually see it. But we do know uncharged, it does 42 to the body. Mm -hmm. Fully charged, it does 57. Now to the head, it does 74 at the base and 100 fully charged. So you have that range to Mm -hmm. play with a little bit with the kind of charge effect that we've talked about on recent episodes. Yeah. Now. The weirdest thing, even weirder than this charge, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about a little more in the conclusion about kind of the impact of that. But the biggest difference is the reload mechanic. It's the only other weapon other than the Mastiff that reloads individual rounds. Now, what this looks like from a numbers perspective is that you're approximately reloading less than three rounds per second. Mm-hmm which is really not as impressive as maybe it sounds because with other weapons that have magazines, there's reasons that weapons have evolved to have magazines because you can reload faster. You can hold more rounds in a magazine than you can in your hand while putting it in. Mm-hmm. From a practical standpoint, in war, makes total sense. In a game standpoint, it also makes total sense when you're talking about an assault rifle. So, to put it in perspective against the G7, the G7 can reload 20 rounds max in 3 seconds. 3030 can reload 8 rounds in 3 seconds. So, you're looking at, if both are zeroed out, Mm -hmm. you both fired all your shots, now you're reloading, the G7 is going to have double the bullets, Mm -hmm. no matter what. More than double the bullets after reloading full. Mm -hmm. But... Again, not the full story with a 3030. Mm-hmm. You can reload three shots and fire again in one second. So you can pop in three really quick mm-hmm. and then be ready to fire in one second, approximately, when the G7 must take the full three seconds to reload if empty. That so, reload is going to really play to a strategical standpoint. Like, absolutely. I th- think it was important they highlighted in the dev stream that you can add constant fire pressure on a team you know you're not gonna have to do a long reload at any point you can two shots fire two shots you reload three Mm -hmm. shots reload like you can kind of 
keep it up constantly if need be. And, you know, maybe occasionally you'll go empty and be able to put in one bullet and that's why you'll kill somebody uh, at a really close range for some reason. Yeah, it's that kind of drastic change is major. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that this is a very impactful mechanic, which is going to, without a doubt, add a level of difficulty to the 3030 because you're going to have to be hyper conscious of the ammo that you have and the timing. Uh, when you top off that capacity, it's so hard to tell in game when you mm-hmm. reload normally. This is going to make it even harder to know when I'm up close, I'm in the thick of it, I'm firing off five shots. You know, I have a couple more in, but somebody's behind cover. Are they healing? I don't know. Are they going to peek? I don't know. Maybe I should pop two more in really mm-hmm. quickly. Maybe not. Like these are split second decisions that can cost you your life, and you have to make them with this weapon because of that limited ammo. Be ready to take note on the bottom of your screen quite often. Yeah, like you're <laughs> going to be looking a lot more than uh, you're used to. Mm-hmm. But there is that give and take there, you know, that the 3030 takes more than four seconds to reload all 12 rounds with a purple mag. That's the longest full reload in the game, even longer than the Spitfire. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the reload of the G7 can reload significantly more rounds, significantly faster at 20 and three seconds. And so overall, it's kind of a toss up in terms of tactic, but on paper and in like practicality, the G7 is easier and stronger and Mm -hmm. faster and bigger in every way. Yeah. It's only in those very, you know, niche instances that you're up close, you need two shots. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to do that. Now, moving right along to the draw time plus a charge. So if you're walking around and you are ADSing and then you're going to wait for it to charge in order to hit that 57 shot to the body Mm -hmm. or 100 to the head, that's going to take you just under a second at 0.8 seconds. Compare that to the G7 that's going to aim down sights and hit Mm -hmm. you with 34 in the head or or 34 in the body and 60 in the head. That at 0.6 seconds, that's kind of a big difference. And I was feeling this in game going in and seeing a running target because that's really what you're going to be going in. Everybody's moving. The gun feels great in the firing range. (laughs) It really does. Um, But how I feel is that that draw time, that charge time makes me take less shots and slows me down so much that I'm firing less than half of the shots that Mm -hmm. I would be taking with the G7 and I have less rounds and my reload is longer. There's just a lot of things that compound on the time that the 3030 takes. It's mm-hmm. not a fast gun. Mm-hmm. It's not fast. Now, talking about that speed, the rounds per minute is at 135. That's 44% slower than the G7, or 1.75 less shots per second. So if you think about that, that's almost half as many rounds that you're putting out in a second. Mm -hmm. It's kind of brutal. But then we go to the damage per second, which I think this is a heavy weapon. People may assume, you know, charge up time. Damage per second on the 3030 is not going to disappoint. Well, with the 3030, the damage per second is 95. That's 41 damage less than the G7. And that has to do with the speed. You know, if you're charging up two shots and you're hitting them both in the head, your damage per second isn't going to be that bad. You're probably mm-hmm. going to get the job done. But on paper, the damage per second, based on the damage and the fire rate, 
makes it significantly less powerful than the G7. Like yeah. more than an extra shot. Like and if you're going head to head, you're losing. This was the biggest shocker when we looked at the data. Like this one surprised us a lot. And I look at this gun and I'm like, I need to hit two fully charged headshots like back to back to justify myself using it yeah. at a high level. And that's something that we really never discuss on the podcast. We mm-hmm. never talk to people about headshots because I honestly think that that's irrelevant. Like if you're a general player, I do not think that you should be banking on hitting headshots. I don't think you should mm-hmm. be going for that skull piercer and saying, I'm not going to use the wingman unless I have it because really you're not going to hit a lot of headshots. It is a Even cherry on top don't. of a fight. Like, mm-hmm. It's not really going to happen. So to that kind of be the saving grace of the 30-30 doesn't really cut it. Then wrap it up with kind of that time to kill. Mm-hmm. Looking at over two seconds at 2.1. When you compare that back to the G7, you're looking at a time to kill of 1.47 seconds. So more than half a second slower on the time to kill. Mm-hmm. Now that accuracy um, with the purple mag to knock an enemy with purple body armor. Uh, with only body shots for the 30-30, you're going to have to hit five shots out of only 12 and be 42% accurate. Compare that back to the G7, you only have to be 30% accurate. So not only do you have less shots, they do less damage per second, time to kill is slower, you're also going to have to hit more shots. Sounds pretty negative when you list it out like that. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Yeah. You know, it's pretty hard. That mag size, I think, is the major hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 3030. Um, but, you know, we'll see if it's potentially changed. Something that I think we're going to take a look at next is that longbow mm-hmm. for the exact reason of why is the 3030's mag where it's at? Yeah. Talk to us about the longbow. Maybe go through it briefly. We don't need to spend too much time on this gun because I want to focus on the 30 for 30. But it's important to highlight some specific things. Yeah. So there's some similarities uh, with it in terms of magazine size. They're exactly the same. Six, eight, weird. 10, 12. Mm-hmm. You know, they're lined up. Mm-hmm. Damage on the body's at 55 with a longbow, 110 headshot without a skull piercer. Reload's pretty long on a longbow. Caps out at 3.66 seconds. So it's not quite as long mm-hmm. as a, a full reload with a 30-30, but it's in that same ballpark. Draw time is almost a second mm-hmm. at 0.9, which is really similar to charging up that 30-30. So I think that the longbow is way closer to being in a comparable range to the 3030 than the G7 is. And I talk about those two guns because so far in my use of the 30 for 30, I've felt like I've wanted to put a sniper scope on it at times. And so it's like, I am contemplating using the longbow instead of it a lot if I want to play into that style particularly. I think that's definitely fair. And so the verdict that Mm -hmm. we have is... The 3030 is exactly where it's meant to be. It's nestled tight between two very competitive weapons in the semi automatic category for medium to long range. The benefits of charging a shot do not decrease the time to kill, so they're essentially irrelevant. Although charging does increase the damage per shot by 15 damage, it's not worth the quarter of a second to achieve. Because mm-hmm. even if you do, it still requires five shots to knock purple armor. If you do five shots at 43 damage, that's 215. That's mm-hmm. a knock. But if you charge up the first one, take the almost second to do so, do 57 to the body, then hit four shots at 43, that's 229 damage. And so 
that's going to knock someone with purple armor either way. It doesn't have an impact. Mm-hmm. I think the point is G7's king. Like, that's that's the difference. It can't be topped. Yeah. It's, like, it's our gun for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And then when you bring in the mag size and the reload time, mm-hmm. just you can't compare to the G7 because the 3030 is just abysmal in that area. Um, I think that the nice kind of situation, if everything's perfect, you have unlimited attachment availability, say mm-hmm. there are some situations where you come up to a loot box and there's a fully kitted gun there. You can swap and mm-hmm. there's ammo. In that situation, I think you can go swap from uh, swap to a thirty thirty from a longbow and then from a thirty thirty to a G7. Mm-hmm. I think they stack up against each other just like that. But there's a lot more interesting discussions about the 3030. You pull in what you mentioned about sniper scopes. Mm-hmm. You pull in the Sentinel. You bring in now the Anvil receiver, Wingman. which really feels a lot similar uh, on the flat line to the 3030. Mm-hmm. And so we'll discuss more kind of how this uh, more long range heavy meta shakes mm-hmm. down uh, throughout the season uh, on a future episode for sure. Yeah, that kind of wraps up where the 3030 is though as of now. And I think it's just kind of important to note that a lot of people have asked us we've gotten tons of questions g7 or 3030 we're confidently able to say right now we're preferring the g7 let's wrap it up now answer some five star review questions this one's coming from isaac these are my favorite stats to look at i know what you can view your overall kdr on the main screen but i'm fascinated by what legends i might be better at or if they're mostly the same i have a two to one kd uh, rounding up a little but i noticed by looking at each legend individually i'm significantly better with certain legends wraith being my best and bloodhound my worst which is weird because i don't really like wraith and i want to like bloodhound but when i look at the stats i just don't want to play bloodhound i have 120 kills and 115 games played with bloodhound and 600 kills with wraith and 290 games played on her the question is what are your best slash worst legends according to this statistic and do you have any that drastically differentiate it's a really good question i i like that you're paying close attention to that because that is something that can impact what you play Mm -hmm. what i'll say is that i don't look at my individual i don't take out the calculator and find Mm -hmm. out um i focus on playing the play style that i enjoy and try to refine that i Mm -hmm. think that you can really master any legend you want and so i think that's kind of more the fun thing in your case isaac for bloodhound seems like maybe you don't have enough games played yeah um Mm -hmm. i was gonna say make a fair comparison sample size is pretty small at this point and so you know once you stick with someone if you really like them you're naturally going to start at a lower kd with them and gradually improve it's hard to make that decision based off of 100 games played i think that's kind of the point we would make uh and honestly partially because i think that's slightly an anomaly for you because bloodhound in our opinion is a pretty dang easy legend to play and race a pretty difficult one so it's kind of funny i would have predicted it be flip-flopped uh, Isaac also has another question slash theory along the lines of simplifying uh, guns. And we talked about it for a minute. Are they going to remove all attachment and only have different levels of a weapon? So level one gray gun, all gray attachments, level two blue guns, all blue, etc. Like the recent LTM. Doesn't this make more sense to new players? The attachments are a mess and a complicated turn off. P.S. I'm also trying to get the 2K badge for every legend and I'm only three legends away. Thanks for the update. Congrats I like on that. that. It's a mm-hmm. big little goal. I think a lot of people uh, have fun reaching for that. This is a big, big, big shift to the inventory. I'm interested 
uh, to see mm-hmm. if they'll give it a shot. Uh, Shay and I, I think, are going to try to pull some strings and see if we can sway uh, <laughs> developers to to try this, just because we've talked about it a bunch already. But for the same reason he mentioned, yeah. like to new players, the yeah. attachments are a mess and a complicated turnoff. That's what Isaac says, and I think there's a really strong argument to say that this is by far the most complicated BR out there in terms of loot, and so I think it makes a lot of sense for them to if they want to simplify the game, say that this is a very valid uh, excuse or reason to do it. And I'll say this for the first time, the fact that Apex is coming to the Switch Mm -hmm. and in the future coming to mobile, I can tell you as an experienced player with 2020 Vision that it's going to be hard for me on a Switch to be able to tell what's a helmet Mm -hmm. and what's a barrel. Mm -hmm. Like It's going to be tough. And so maybe that is also going to be a driving factor on scaling down the scale of the game Will that push them to make this simplification? At the same time, though, we also have the issue of they just added four new gold magazines and such. So it's like their actions point in a slightly different direction. Absolutely. Last question today coming from Bridges to Ashes. Also a five-star review. Hey, guys, loving the pod. Keep up the amazing work. I've been trying to get every character to 100 kills. I just finished Gibby and Caustic, and I noticed that Gibby is around the same size as Caustic, but he has a lot more offensive abilities. So now I'm wondering who is truly better at protecting their team, and Gibby is actually maybe an offensive character in disguise? Great question. I'll let Henry really answer the one, but I'll just throw in the thought of we've spoken about a lot that characters do stuff outside of their classes quite often in this game like you are not maybe you're labeled as a defensive labeled as an offensive there's a very big piece of apex that says you don't have to be highly specialized in just those areas some legends by all means are watson is a full-on defensive legend but that's not the case for everyone and is very different and sets this game apart from a lot of things yeah i mean it if you look at Bloodhound, for example, mm-hmm. Bloodhound has pretty much an offensive legend ultimate. Yeah. Like that's something that you would kind of maybe compare to a Revenant ultimate. It's not really increasing speed. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's pretty offensive. Um, some interesting things here. Um, Gibby is quite larger than Caustic. Um, they're kind of in the same vein. Um, but Gibraltar is much larger in terms of who can protect their team better have to go with Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a better leader up front with the gun shield. Definitely better with the bubble. Um, and just having the ability to get a quick res is still very strong as it stays in the game. Um, I like your idea that Gibraltar is actually kind of this offensive legend in disguise. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that he's fully offensive. He doesn't have the mobility. He's yeah. not Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely fits that role of a flex. Like, well, and being able to use unique. that bubble offensively, mm-hmm. like you do that a lot. It's very different than the other three defensive legends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Gibraltar is incredibly unique just because he has that ability to push forward and pull back. Um, really strong kit, and that's a very astute observation that Gibraltar is not like Caustic, not like Watson, mm-hmm. and certainly not like Rampart. He's very different. Very different in that defensive class. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the slightly shorter uh, episode and the twice a week. This is going to be the norm uh, from now on. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, the Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. 
Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.